What's up, everybody? Andy Anatomical here, and welcome to this episode of Profile Pod TV. Uh, in this episode, we have our good friend Carlo Fox, co-founder of Independently Popular Records and his management company, Indie Pop. Uh, he was very candid, gave us a lot of insight on the record business, on his artists, his uh, roster of artists, and uh, a lot of good stuff, man. Good stuff on the record business. He uh, provided a lot of knowledge and, and, and the intricacies of the record business. Um, so very happy to have him on here. Not only that, it was his birthday. It's his birthday. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to profile pod TV on YouTube, like us, uh, follow, share, um, on Instagram at profile pod TV. And don't forget nineties galore at nineties galore on Instagram as well. So, uh, again, Enjoy this episode and uh, tell me what you guys think in the comments uh, on YouTube, um, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Give us the five stars, all that good stuff. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, supporting the Profile Pod TV. All right. So enjoy. You guys take care. Hey, man. This is Rob Lee from Mastermind Team's Robcast, and you're checking out the Profile Pod with Andy. Good evening and welcome to Profile Pod TV. I'm your host, Andy Anatomical, and we are back once again for another splendid episode of Profile Pod TV. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here, wherever you're tuning in from. This is uh, not a live uh, bro uh, broadcast, but uh, thank you for being here nonetheless, because we are going to have uh, a really, really cool show for you, as we always do. Uh, before we we get going, uh, always have our little segment for shout outs. Uh, just one shout out today for uh, Karev uh, from Heritage Hip Hop, heritagehiphop.com. Uh, he's going to be on the show actually uh, next month in June. So he's been very uh, supportive of the podcast and of Profile Pod TV uh, recently. Thank you for showing us love, Karev. So looking forward to having you next month. So um yeah we, we we are excited about that so uh and again you know everybody who's on instagram you guys are always showing love uh some twitter but mainly instagram yeah appreciate you guys listening in and tuning in supporting the podcast uh profile pod tv 90s galore what have you so really like that always always appreciate that uh and as always if you are looking to get yourself on profile pod tv Come on here so we can uh, profile you. We can promote you, whatever you you got going. Maybe, you know, you're a podcaster. Maybe you are an entrepreneur. You have an actor, musician, artist. You have a very unique background. Uh, you know, we, we, we want to have you on here. We want to bring you on so we can uh, promote you and, and help you out and help help each other out. That's what it's all about. So I, I truly uh, seek those individuals out who have very cool backgrounds and who do cool stuff. And who are driven, who are motivated, and, and can inspire us all. And so, you know, hit me up on uh, Profile Pod at, at, or DM me on Instagram at Profile Pod TV, or um, shoot me an email, as you can see there on the ticker below. 
so let me know. Looking forward, always looking for new people to come on. So um, keep that in mind, everybody. So, um, yeah. And also, uh, like, we're going to have some uh, some really cool guests coming up next week and the week after. So, yeah, we got some good stuff in store for everybody. And uh, so, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. But for today, today we have a super, super special guest, ladies and gentlemen, here in the Profile Pod. Uh, this gentleman is uh, originally from the Bay Area. He uh, started his own uh, label, co-founded his, uh, his record label, uh, independently popular, as well as the manage- management side to that company, Indie Pop. And so we're really excited about having this this gentleman here. It's actually his birthday. Can you believe that? I mean, and we'll get into that right now because I, I want to say something to him regarding that. Um, so... Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Carlo Fox to the Profile Pod. How you doing, Carlo? Good, good, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. No, thank you, man. And like I said, happy birthday, Carlo. And that's a true testament to your character, man, because, I mean, quarantine or not, you know, you're here. You decided to take take time away. I know you have a family. Uh, you're a busy man and you have stuff going on, but you you, you stay committed and that just that just tells me how that just you know goes to show the, the dedication, the type of person you are, man. So thanks, thanks a lot for being here, brother. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Thanks, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, I um, it's my birthday, but I'm not allowed out of the house, so uh, so I figured we could have a we could have a virtual party. <laughs> there we go, man. There you go. No, yeah, hey, you know what, man? Uh, you know, if you want to have a a special beverage or something, man, please be my guest. Cheers yeah. to you. Uh, but, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I hope you like my and I forgot to mention my I got my quarantine haircut. I got my quarantine. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, my, my niece dyed my hair. So I, I'm good. man. I feel, I feel pretty good. You know, just can't yeah. go anywhere. But yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like Carlo, man. Yeah. Seriously, man. It's it's good to have you here. Uh, like I was saying, you, you, you are uh, you have uh, independently popular your record label. And uh, your your indie indie pop as well, and and we'll get into all of your all of your things that you you're going on you got going on. Um, so how, how have you been, man? How's everything going, man? I just just kind of want to check in with you first, man. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Everything's been going good. You know, I've been um, I've been at home for a couple months, um, so I've been working yeah. from home. Um, you know, it's had its pros and cons, um, but it's been nice to be with the family. I think it's been nice to be with Nico and Gabby and. Uh, you know, kind of get that uninterrupted time, especially yeah. with my son at the the age that he's at. Um, that's really nice. You know, on the work side, I, like I'm able to work remotely, but it's a little bit. You know, we have to kind of with everybody on the team, we have to make sure that we kind of focus on over communicating because when you're not there in front of people, sometimes uh, you know it's hard to stay in sync. Um, yeah. And then you know, um, all this stuff has been kind of hard on 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 some parts of our business. Um, so that's been a little bit hectic, um, as you know, I think most people are dealing with right now is, uh, you know, kind of the money's not there like before. So kind of trying to figure out how to get through that challenge. But, um, but all in all, I feel like, you know, I feel like we're blessed. We're healthy. Um, I'm getting to be here with the family, so I can't complain. Again, man, there you go. Mr. Mr. Optimism. I love it. I love it, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's all about the attitude, man. Yeah. We're in a. Kind of a 
you know, not so fun situation, but you know, it's what you make of it, right? Yeah, true. What you make of it is how your attitude and and how you're gonna. Uh, it's day by day, man. We, we st we're still alive. We're still here. We still got opportunities. Yeah, true, man. You know, and and and. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, Carlo, man. You're always uh, you know, the op Mister. You're oozing with optimism and, and positivity, <laughs> and that's the best. That's great, man. That's great. Um, and by the way, shout out to Gabby, uh, Carlo's wife, Gabby. Yeah, shout out to Gabby. Yeah, shout out to Gabby. She's, uh, you know, if she was uh, anything less than a great wife, she, you pro you probably wouldn't be uh, talking to us right now, man. You know, because she'd be kind of, no, it's your birthday. Yeah. I want to do this and, and yeah. what's that? Yeah, I'm like I'm lucky. I'm lucky. She's awesome. <laughs> she is, man. And, and and we're trying to get her on here to uh, promote her uh, brand or company, and that she just launched the, uh, the sweeter than pan dulce brand. So yeah, yeah she's it with that man. She's about that? to uh, she's about to take my spot. I think I'm gonna um I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna have to be a house hubby pretty soon. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, hopefully we'll get her on here. I was teasing her, so uh, not to be shy and, and, and let's just get you on here and get you get your uh, get you some promotion and stuff. So, but yeah. sooner sooner enough yeah, we'll get I told her. her. I told her. Not I told her not to be shy. She's going to be on soon. There we go. There we go, man. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Carlo, man. Um, so, yeah, let's get a little bit of background, man, before we get into everything, you know, the meat and potatoes of everything. Um, you know, you, um, you're originally from Bay Area. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. What's yeah, I, grew up in I grew up I grew up in Berkeley, and then um, I lived in San Francisco for about 10 years after that. Okay. Yeah. Now, what high school did you go to? Um, you know, I went to, I actually moved away during high school and I went to high school in Arizona. So oh. I lived for three, four years in Arizona. So I went to, um, I went to elementary and junior high, um, in Berkeley Okay. And back in the summers to see my dad. And then, um, and then I moved back when I was 17 to the Bay area. Um, and I moved, I lived in Berkeley for about another year. And then I went to SF state for a little while and then just ended up kind of living and working in SF. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I, I get it. It's kind of a back and forth. Well, yeah. You, you, I take it mom's was in Arizona. Yeah. My mom was in Arizona. So I moved out there with her for a little bit. And, um, and my dad was stayed in the Bay. So I'd come back and visit in the summers and do all that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, and, and so go bears, right? Big golden bear fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm a cow fan. I'm a cow yeah. fan. I definitely grew up on, uh, I grew up on the A's, the A's, the Warriors, cow. Oh, the A's. Okay, good. It wasn't the yeah. you're not the Giants. No, no, I was I was an A's fan, but I you know what I was a Niners fan. I was never a I was never a Raiders fan. Oh, the, okay. The Raiders moved to L.A. when uh, yeah. when I was a kid, so we used to call them the L, the L.A. haters. You know, we didn't uh, <laughs> we didn't like it. But and then we moved back. Um, uh, yeah. So when I was so when I was a kid, you'd be like a A's fan and a Niners fan. You know, if you're from the East Bay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great, man. Cause they, and then the A's and Dodgers had some battles in the, in the, well, in 88, mm -hmm. you know, with the world series. Right. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. There was a, um, that was the, uh, the Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Ricky Henderson. Oh that man. A, that was a good, good time for the A's. The Bash brothers. Yeah. They had squads, man. Mm -hmm. The know? Warriors when I was a kid were never very good, but then <laughs> that didn't happen until I was growing up. 
Yeah, but I remember those run TMC days. Remember Tim uh, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Chris Webb. Uh, yeah, Chris Mullen. Who was the C? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Chris, Chris Weber was Chris Weber. Was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris Weber. Yeah, right. Run yeah, yeah. TMC. Yeah. Anyways, I think that was early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, you uh, so, so you, you came back. Uh, so when did you move to LA? What what year was that? Let's see. I moved to LA in um, I think it was two thousand nine. Okay. And, yeah. and yeah, I think yeah, I think it was two thousand nine. Yeah. And had yeah, you st- okay? And, and now, did you had you started your label prior to that, or was it all you know everything started here when when you moved? here yeah so um so i'd been doing kind of other things in music and and there was a um there was a group of producers and they were a young hip-hop group called the cataracts and okay they and um there um they were they actually went to berkeley high with my little brother anthony and um and there was a few other guys um who um one of them was from the bay area um, one of them was from the East Coast, but they were living in New York, and they discovered the can. Um, and discovered so I kind of started. Out, they they discovered this group, the same group as well, the Cataracts Online. So okay. I was kind of working with the Cataracts, helping them with their music. Um, and then these, then I heard about these guys. They said, "Hey, there's these guys like from New York. They're coming out here and they want to work with me." And I'm like, "Well, who's who's that? All right, so we'll go, we'll meet, right?" And uh, you know, at first I, you know, at first we thought it might be like, uh, um, you know, there might be a territorial thing going on. Like we're kind of both guys a similar age who are working with this group together. But then we met each other and we all really liked each other and like kind of the rest was history. So those two guys ended up being um, my two partners. Okay. So they, they about six months before had started Indie Pop. And the Cataracts were the first group that they had signed. And I was in the Bay Area. We all started uh, started kind of working together. And um, we were like, you know, this is this works. So work is, you know, we kind of have a nice flow. We have kind of different skill sets. And um, and they were like, they were like, look, we're trying to move from uh, from New York to L.A. Um, you should move down and you should bring the group with you. And we should just try and see if we can make it work in L.A. Because that's really where where things were happening in music. Um, yeah. and so so that's kind of how um, I kind of became part of the indie pop thing right when it was starting and uh and how we all kind of ended up in la working together gotcha so so indie pops uh was the original company right the original venture yeah so indie pop was the first thing it was uh you know the name was created by uh by my partner ben willis and uh you shout know out. He kind of to create a uh yeah shout out um and 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 then our other partner josh andriano um and you know i think that uh what he wanted to do was create a company where, um, you know, you could create kind of left of center, different music, unique artists, not like kind of, um, you know, not trying to fit a mold, being themselves. But at the same time, you could like try and create massive records and, and huge pop success, you know, so not, uh-huh. not underground, but, but artists with a, um, with a real unique take. Um, and uh, you know, an authentic point of view and a unique perspective, and so that's kind of where uh, 
where indie pop came from and uh and that was the first project we did and then kind of we just been going from there awesome awesome and and, and you now with your label with the label as you have two partners carlo i think you said yeah uh-huh two partners mm-hmm. uh, okay and, and so and then how did uh so that was indie pop. So how did independently popular uh, come about from, yeah. from indie pop? Yeah. So, you know, from the beginning, we were like, um, we were a management company, but we would also sometimes sign artists to record deals. Right. So we would sign there. The, we would sign publishing rights or we'd sign master rights. And, you know, a lot of times when you're when you're working with an artist that's in a really early stage is developmental, um, you know, yeah. You do these type of deals so that you can put money into their project and develop their project over time. Usually, like, as managers, we don't pay for things, you know. Um, we kind of are there to consult and help lead the project, but we're not paying for stuff. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you have these artists that are um, in a kind of developmental phase, and um, and it's kind of early on in their career, but you really believe in them and see something special in them. So, um, But they need money. You know, I mean, to shoot music videos, to like maybe stop working as much so they could focus on music, to travel, to do promo, to whatever it is. And um, so in the early days, a lot of times we were working with kind of developmental acts and and we would, uh, you know, we do these deals where we would would kind of sign them to uh, to kind of quote unquote record deals and put money into them to develop their project. Um, But we were really kind of operating mostly as a music manager. Um, and then, you know, over time, what happens is, you know, some of the artists you're working with, you find great partners, you find labels or distributors or people that are going to kind of invest in the project and market and promote the project. But a lot of times you don't find the right partner. Right. And uh, you're like, you know, this artist is dope. Um, I really kind of believe in their vision. I believe in what they're doing musically. But um, I'm not finding the partner that's like kind of committed like I am. And it's like really going to go for it. Right. Um and so for that reason, we just kind of we're like, you know, let's just build out the infrastructure ourselves. So uh-huh. if we think something's dope and we want to, like, invest in it and kind of take it to market, we can just do it. And we're not waiting on other people. We're not, like, kind of asking for a handout or we're not going to go into meetings and trying to convince people. It's like if we believe in it, then we're just going to um, we're just going to do it. Right. And so that's originally how it started is is mostly kind of as a as a mechanism to. uh to put out our own artist shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we think something's dope and, and, and we're managing them, um, kind of out of necessity, we wanted to build like a, a system that we could put their music out. Um, so that's originally how it started. And then from there, we were like, all right, um, we're kind of getting better at this and we're kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And we're starting to feel kind of confident in, in how we operate. So we're like, all right, we don't have to only do this for our management clients. We could kind of open it up to other artists that we think are dope, right? Uh-huh. And then we started opening it up and just having conversations and signing different things. And, you know, it's still in the relatively early stages. I think we're going to grow it to be a lot bigger than where it is now. But I think that over the last year, we've developed it a lot and signed a lot of stuff that we're, that we're really proud of and that, that we're excited to have released or to, that, that we're going to release over the next year. Awesome, man. Awesome. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have in, just to clarify for the for the viewers, it's it's you have indie pop and then you have independently popular. Right. right. And I think you mentioned that you were going to rebrand everything. Right. I don't know. Uh, 
hope yeah. I didn't give no, any no, exclusive. You're no, you're good. <laughs> so you're, it's all going to be under independent or under one name? Is that? Yes. Yeah. So essentially what we're doing is Indie Pop is going to stay Indie Pop. And then independently popular is going to kind of turn into this new thing. And essentially what we're doing is, um, you know, we are, we're, we're kind of shifting our business model a little bit. You know, um, there's kind of two different sort of unique um, ways that you could that you could release music, right? You could go through a distributor or you could go through a label, right? And typically with the distributor, you contain, you retain ownership of your rights. It's like they they monetize it for you for a short amount of time. Sometimes they'll give you money. Sometimes they don't. Um, and with a record label, you usually get more money. A lot of times they'll they'll own your rights or they'll like license your rights for a really long period of time, um, and they'll kind of uh, you know dig deeper and give a bigger push on uh, on exploiting your music. So often when you're like the artist or the manager, it's a big give or take, right? You're like, do I give up ownership of my rights yeah. and give up a lot more of the money? You know, what I mean, when you do a standard record deal, you're usually given the record company is usually taking eighty percent of the money. You know, so you're wow. taking twenty percent, right? When you do a distribution deal, you as the artist are usually taking like, you know, seventy to ninety percent of the money. Okay. Right? So it's a big difference. Yeah. Now, um, now the record labels will give you a bunch of money up front, and sometimes it's like a you know a lot of money that you could like. You know, you could buy a house or you could do something or you could like set your life up. But the problem is it's a one time thing. And then what happens is you usually don't get any more money for a really long time. So, so they it seems nice when it happens, but then you're not getting that monthly payment to sustain your lifestyle, you know. And that's why you mm -hmm. see artists kind of a lot of times they get that big check and like they buy a car and a chain and like they buy all the <laughs> things and then, like um and then they end up in a situation that's kind of hard to sustain, right? Uh -huh. So Long story short is, is what we've seen is, is a lot of artists these days, they want the help that you would get from a record label, the promotional support, the marketing support, all that type of stuff. But they don't want to like give up ownership of their rights. And they want to, they understand that that's like an asset that they've built. And if they retain ownership of it, they could like go into their future, getting a check every month, right? From their streaming. Um, so what we've done is we created a business that's based on um, deals that are similar to a distributor, but uh, but services that are closer to like a record label, right? And the thing is, is like people are asked, all right, well, how can you do that, right? Like, how can you afford to do that? And I think the way that we can afford to do it is we only work with like a, a certain level of artist that uh, that you know that really has positive trajectory, that's like already earning a certain amount of money and. Oh and uh not super huge but big enough uh -huh. that, we really, that we can really give them a elevated level of service and it's just not available to everybody you know what i mean like a lot of these distributors you know most anyone could sign up for them um how our service works is you know it's invite only it's super selective uh -huh. and so we could really dig in on their project and crush it um but we can only do it for select projects you know um so so really what we're doing is we're trying to kind of flip the the label model uh the label distributor model on its mm -hmm. head and really do it by uh by doing like a kind of invite only super curated um super high level of customer service you know gotcha gotcha so very interesting man and so it sounds like you have uh you're you're bringing in artists let's say you bring for example you bring in a new an artist 
who's they're semi-established or already established to a certain extent, right? Yeah, I mean, like not they're not like household names, but uh, sorry, I'm just moving out of the sun, so you see. Yeah. Me. Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, not not like household names, but like uh, but they have some fans and they're doing a certain amount of streams and they're they're making some money online, so that we okay. know when we come in the door that there's a certain amount of money there that allows us to like, you know, cover yeah. our bases. Now, obviously, like we want to make them way bigger. Um, so I'm gonna scoot over a little bit. We want to make them way bigger and uh, and grow their career. And by the time they're done working with us, you know, be way bigger than they were when they started. But at the same time, there's this certain sweet spot we found where they they're they're already kind of started, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at some point, is it safe to say that? Um, let's say one of your artists i mean you know really goes above and beyond blows up at that point would you guys kind of uh, you know i don't know what the proper terminology is release that that the uh, artist and then the artist would probably go on to a a larger label type is that how typically it works or, or would work like that yeah or so is, would you keep that artist on on label and, yeah, and grow so that artist? there's a few different ways that you can do it right so um so for one, like most of our our deals that we used to do before were a little bit more long term. Usually our deals are relatively short term now. Okay. So what happens is is we'll we'll usually do a deal for one album. We'll put out that album. We'll do it. Um, hopefully the artist will blow up. If they want to keep on putting out albums with us, we can. Um, if they want to go like sign to a major label and do that, they can do that too. And you know we continue to uh, exploit the first album that they gave us. And so as they kind of blow up, that original album keeps streaming. So it's not like we need to like kind of keep them locked in and, and keep on doing deals with them, you know? Um, okay. We kind of, in the, in, the, in the world of streaming, um, even if like they go off and do another deal, we're still going to kind of reap the benefits of that because, you know, all the tides are going to rise and their original albums are going to stream. Mm. But, but to answer your question, um, if an artist is signed to us, and they want to, you know, um, to partner with a with a big major label because let's say they like, let's say they're making records that are really good for the radio, right? And they want to get like a global radio team um, right. on their project. Um, if they want to do that, we have partnerships with um, with a lot of the, la- the major labels. Um, and I what see. we can do is we can do like a joint venture with them. So once oh, okay. it gets to the point that it's going, we could we could bring it to the label and we could be like, hey, we got this act assigned to us. We got this record that's starting to go. Um, and if it's something that the artist wants to do, you know, a lot of times the artist doesn't want to do that. They're like, I got a record that's popping. I'm going to keep all the money. I'm going to keep doing this deal um, with these guys. And I'm going to keep the the lion's share of the income. But there's lots of reasons they might want to do a deal, right? If they have a real, if they have a single that's super popping, right? They might be able to go get a check for a lot of money, like a life-changing amount of money. They might want to do that, right? They also, like I said, they might want to access a global um, promotions team that's bigger than what we have access to, right? Um, I see. So ultimately, we let the artist decide. We're not going to tell you do this or do that. If you want to go partner with a label, then we'll help facilitate that. And we just do a deal with the label, so we're still cut in as a partner. Um, and but we have, but then we have access to this bigger team, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Really, what we're trying to grow towards is a place where. Um, where we could kind of hire that all out independently and we don't need, and, and we could, we can, uh, you know, service a project globally 
without bringing on a partner, even when it goes to radio and stuff. But the truth is, is at this point in the game, um, when it comes to radio specifically, the major labels are the best. So there is like, mm. there's definitely a reason when you, um, when a record needs that kind of radio support to bring in the, these guys as partners. Mm-hmm. Um, with everything else though, if it's just about streaming and it's all like online and, and whatever, um, you don't really need a major label partner. You know, you could do the marketing yourself. You could pitch it to the DSPs and the, you know, to the Apples and the, and the Spotify's and streaming platforms yourself. You can make all the great content. Um, so, you know, you don't really need a partner um, if you have money and you got like a like a solid, solid independent team. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some things that, uh, you know, that the big global companies still do better than everybody else, you know, particularly radio. Mm, right, right. Uh, and so the record company, man, I mean, the record business, the, you know, uh, to me, it's very fascinating. You know, I mean, there, there's so much you could do. I mean, you could do deals, you can structure deals differently. There's sounds like there's a lot of flexibility and in, in, in being creative with yeah. uh, the business side. You know, like you said, you oh. can, you know, you percentages. You, you know, you uh, structure deals a certain way with the artists, and but so it sounds like there's there's a lot of um, yeah, you know, different ways to do things. Um, so if for an artist, man, they, they have to really be savvy, business savvy and know the business, right? I mean, it would, it, it behooves them to know, right. Yeah. To be knowledgeable and to know the business or have a basic knowledge at least. Right. Cause they can get taken advantage of and not, I, not to, I don't want to say, put it, frame it like that. Um, well, but it happens though. Trust me. Yeah. No, it happens a lot. I mean, yeah, you'd be surprised how many artists don't con- don't care to learn about the business that they're in, wow. and they get managers or they get whatever. And a lot of times, their managers are like their friends that don't know that much as well. And then, you know, um, or maybe the managers are like, you know, don't have their their best intentions, and you know, whatever. There's a lot of great people. I'm not even saying like that. Most people are like that, but you know, right. there are a lot of artists that don't take the time to learn the business for whatever reason. And yeah, I encourage all artists to learn about this stuff because this is like your livelihood, you know? Yeah. Um, this is how you exist. And even if you're not being taken advantage of, let's say everybody around you is honest, you still don't understand enough about the business just to make the right decisions. Exactly. Understand it. So you might, everybody might be honest as can be. Nobody's trying to get over on you, but you just might not know that there's like opportunity right in front of you because you don't understand it. So yeah, I mean, I think a big part of what we're trying to do with our new company is, is really focus on education and focus on, you know, providing resources for what we call like artist entrepreneurs, which are like, you know, I think in this new, in this new ecosystem, all these, are these artists are entrepreneurs until they decide not to be right. Mm -hmm. If you decide to sell all your rights to some company and then, you know, then you're an employee, but yeah, until then you're an entrepreneur, you start out at being an entrepreneur, you know, you're making something and you're selling it and you own it. Um, and so we're trying, and I, and I'm not even saying there's anything bad about, you know, selling your, your masters and doing, cause sometimes it's a great situation and, you know, you could get rich and you could like really have a great team, but you should know exactly what you're doing. You should know what you're giving up when you get that check. Um, oh, and a lot of times people don't take the time to understand that. So yeah, that's a big kind of passion of mine right now is focusing on, um, on providing education and resources to, uh, you know, to create people that are trying to 
trying to 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 go the the path of like you know what i'm gonna try and do this myself and um and you know there's a chance you might not be as you might not become as big of an artist but maybe you will and maybe you'll be like 80 percent as big but you'll be you know keeping four times as much of the money you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so, so there's lots of you know it's not it's not cut and dry it's not like who's the guy that's going to make me the biggest mm -hmm. like it's like what's going to be the best for my life you know what i mean yeah like, people don't even want to be famous they want to like put their music out they want to get a good amount of streams and have enough money to like pay their rent and live good and go on a couple of vacations you know what i mean like Correct. not everybody that's the other thing that misconception is that every artist wants to be like you know what i mean like a star uh -huh. you don't have to be a star now that, and that's the other thing that we're really focusing on um with our company is you know what we're calling like the artist middle class you know what i mean it's like you could be you could be an artist and you know you make as much money as like a doctor or a lawyer mm -hmm. you know oh yeah uh, it's like a good and it's For steady sure. you get a check every month from the streaming platforms and you know a lot of times there's this thing that people would like when you're an artist if you weren't like on the path of becoming a superstar, people, you would look at yourself like you were a failure, right? Like, oh, he's not right. like, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, he could have been this. He's not this. But the truth is, is that only like 0.001% become superstars. <clears throat> and there's right. no shame in making great music and earning a living off it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's awesome. Huh? Um, and for us, you know, so, so, so for us, support people that are there. And if they turn into superstars, like, you know, God bless yeah. them. That's great. Right. But, it, but that doesn't have, that doesn't have to be the end goal. Like everybody's, everybody should make their own, their own goals and do what makes them happy in their life. Exactly. I also see people that are stars that aren't happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> see people are like, all, like, you know, all over them. They got like, they've created a lifestyle that, that, that they don't enjoy, you know? Jeez. So, where right. I know some people that like are in there, you know, they're at their mom's house making music making really good money, you know what I mean? Making really <laughs> good money every month. But they're happy as can be. Jeez. They're like, fuck. They're like, I fucking beat the system, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. living, living with mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Living, living in mom's basement, like making, you know, in their early 20s, making a shitload of money. I mean, like. Yeah. I mean, hey, to each his own, right? Yeah. No, exactly. I hear you. I hear you, Carlo. Uh, yeah, man. I always, I've always found the record business, man, the um, – you know, the movie business, both of them very fascinating, man. There's so, you know, so very cool, man, to, you know, there's, there's uh, stories upon stories and, and knowledge and, and intricacies and so much, so much that goes into those industries, man. It's, it, but uh, how has how the internet kind of uh, affected, you know, social media, uh, streaming, you know, uh, yeah. iTunes, you know, has it affected the record business, Carlo, in the last maybe, five to 10 years, man. Or, you know, have you guys been, or, you know, in general? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Cause you know, we've been, um, we've been around for like, you know, 10, 12 years. And then I was working in music before, but we've been really doing this mm -hmm. for 10, 12 years. And yeah, you know, it's a trip because when I got into it, people were downloading, there was iTunes, mm -hmm. but, but you know, it was like, you know, it was 2008, 2010, the record industry was still recovering from like, you know, the early 2000s Napster era. Yeah. Um, you know, 
there was the idea still was like this you put out music to get fans and then you go on the road and tour and that's how you get money like record labels it was like record label it's like I'm not running a record label that's like a that was like the that was like the shitty job you know what i mean like <laughs> you weren't trying you weren't really trying to like be a record label those are the guys that you kind of felt bad for cuz they, <laughs> they do a lot of work and they'd hard hardly make any money right there was like um it was really hard it was really hard now there, don't get me wrong there were people that were succeeding but it wasn't like you weren't like passionate about being you weren't like ooh that's what i'm going to do is be a record label it was cooler to be a manager and then you'd you'd be involved in developing the artist you might do some deal with the record label but you were really trying to get money so you could go out on the road and tour and that's really where you got your money you know what i mean right right touring yeah. Label, yeah the touring you know the record label would help you get your get your song on the radio so that you could build fans so that you can tour and you go tour and you make you make a lot of money um and so that was that was kind of the vibe so that was 2010 and and really how it was mm-hmm. and yet everything has gone like completely full circle since then really um, yeah so streaming streaming has just grown into like a really real thing and it's really exciting i mean to me it's even more exciting than than physical records because physical records involved like you had to have this like traditional distribution chain worldwide there was a lot of politics involved like how are you going to get onto the you know how are you going to get onto the shelf at the front of like virgin records you know what i mean like that was all politics it was the same as like getting your getting your product in walmart mm-hmm. um now the the playing field has been leveled right it's all digital there's infinite access to the marketplace um yeah. and anybody could be a player and then what's even better about it is that you know streams happen forever so it's not only like when someone buys the record and that you get all that money up front it it go it's an asset that continues to go on forever as long as people are listening to your music right so uh-huh. Uh-huh. you you create a strong catalog of music and you created like a you created like a a valuable asset that you could either sell or you could just leave it there and it's just going to pay you every year forever you know wow. now now you know who knows maybe in maybe in 15 years nobody's going to care about your music <laughs> and uh-huh. and they won't listen to it but maybe they will you know and yeah you never know and the truth is is that uh it's really exciting that artists can like on their own um create these assets that they could live on forever and they in theory they could like pass on to their children you know what i mean um, yes. it's like it's like you know it's it's like buying stocks but you're making mm-hmm. it yourself i mean it's a real asset um yeah. So yeah, so the thing, so the business has to, you know, what's happened with streaming and digital has changed a lot and I'm like really excited about it. It's given us the opportunity to uh to create a business and like be competitive against like big companies in a way that we would never been able to be before. It's it's given us an opportunity to like help artists um that uh there would have probably been this barrier of entry. Like I said, you know, if we could get them going, they could get enough money to like pay for their lifestyle. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's what they want. That could be a win whereas yeah. If you're not making like a couple million dollars a year and you're in the major label system, then the system can't sustain you, you know. Um and you end up getting dropped and they end up saying, "Oh, you're a failure. All right, you got to go back go like go back to your J job, you know." Um <laughs> and so uh now there's a way for people that are all in this middle area that mm-hmm. like it's not like 
not everybody could be in it because not everybody's music is going to be good enough to connect right but there's this whole new space of people that are like you know they're from like here to here right they're not the stars um but they're good enough that they have a real fan base and i'm really excited about what you know the internet and streaming has created there um the other thing is is that like you know the gatekeepers now are the kids like it used to be like the programmer at mtv that used to try and like get them on the phone and be like yo put my record in or like it used to be the guy at the radio station um the program you'd have to like you'd have to know someone and then you'd have to like you know like you'd have to go try and try and take them to dinner or like do whatever else that you do to Uh like win you know the 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 graces of uh of the gatekeepers right Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of things involved. Now it's like literally like it's like the kids on TikTok decide what's what's hot or not. The record wow. don't even decide. Like like kids, influencers or yeah, like influencers and kids and just whatever. Like they put like a video on TikTok of them like dancing to a video and uh-huh. then it pops off. And then that's how the record label is like, um, all right, this shit's hot. The kids want it. So oh. like Gotcha. So, you know, it's, like, it's really like the record label can't even make it happen anymore if the kids don't want it. And if the kids want it, the record labels have to put it, have to do it. Yeah. So, so what the Internet has created now is, you know, it's it's created like a democracy that's like run by like, uh, you know, like 14 to 20 year old wow. kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they really run they really run the show when it comes at least when it comes to like pop music and hip hop and younger stuff. Uh-huh. Um, they, you know, they don't know it, but they're like, they're really deciding what happens. That's crazy. And, and, and so now what our job is, is to monitor that and to be like, all right, this is what the people want. How do we supercharge it? How do we help those artists succeed? But we're not like deciding what's cool. Like, like a 40 year old dude, it's me. Like, like they don't want to hear what I think <laughs> is cool. You know what I mean? 40. Oh my gosh. Like I'm like we're listening. To, they think the shit we listen to, that's like some old school shit. They don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, right? but you know, but seriously though, I think that's that's the big thing that's happened is I think that streaming has become like a real asset class um mm-hmm. and a real like kind of revenue source. And like the the power has gone back into the hands of the people. Um oh. and so that's why you're seeing like a lot better music than I mean, there was great music in our age. Um, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But now there's so much music and so much good music and a lot more creativity in music because, you know, the, in, in our in our generation, like in the 90s, there'd be some creative shit, but it was like underground, bro. You couldn't like you had to like dig. to find. Yeah. Now, some of the really great stuff rose to the top, like some of the great 90s hip hop and things like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stuff never like never really like broke the surface. Yeah. And all yeah. that stuff, if it's really dope now it breaks the surface and it could even go on to become huge because it just spreads naturally on the internet. Yeah. 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 So, wow, man. Yeah. So yeah. Is that like kids these days, you know, you remember like in our generation, you'd be into like one thing, right? Like you'd either be like a, uh, you'd be like a rocker, you'd be right. Or you'd be like into goth or you'd be into like, yeah. Like alternative, Mm -hmm. like into everything now. Like there's no, there's no rules. You could listen to all different kinds of music. Oh, all different type of inspiration. And, um, really? Yeah. And I think I think that's another cool thing that's happened with music and the Internet is it's not like it's not as segregated, you know, uh-huh. it's it, everything's kind of mingle, co-mingling. Yeah, you know? it is. It's, it's, it's cool. You see you see like, uh, 
like I think more creative music come out of that because different artists from different genres of music are working together. You know? Yeah, that's great. That's and that's great for music, right? Great for the for the art. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Right, right. Man, that is that is crazy, man. Fascinating, fascinating, man. And yeah. so so with um with your label, Carlo, how many artists do you currently have uh, signed? Yeah, so so right now we're work, we have like twenty album projects that we're working. Um, so um, you know we're we're actively signing some more, and then there's some other stuff that's like you know kind of in the inactive phases. But there's uh, but there's twenty projects right now that we're kind of actively either releasing or like finalizing music and finalizing content and putting it out. Wow, and you guys have like uh, like a and a and R people and stuff like that as well on staff yeah yeah so we got you know everybody kind of does a little bit of a and r but we have um you know one guy like our our old friend mark who's been with us like from the beginning who's like a real music guy and he kind of like sifts through the internet and finds stuff we also have kind of teams of like interns and just kind of like scouts that are kind of just on like if kind of on commission that go out and just find stuff send it to us mark listens to it kind of passes his test then uh then we'll reach out to the artists and kind of see what's up. So it's like, um, so yeah, we have, we got like a little system in place to try and find good stuff, but we're always trying to like improve our system. And we're always trying to like kind of meet, meet new kids out there that are like really dialed into, to what's popping and what's cool. And then sort of trying to bring them into our circle and, you know, help them in any way we can have them help us kind of discover, you know, what's new and what's hot, you know? Absolutely, man. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. And so, it, it, and you were, you were talking about, uh, I mean, a couple minutes ago, we were just talking about like genres and stuff and types of music. What kind of genre, do you have a predominant genre that you guys uh, deal with mainly, or is it uh, just a few, a little bit of everything or what types of music do you guys work with? Yeah. So, um, you know, on the management side, we'll manage anybody that's like, we think is really dope. On the label side, we're a little bit more curated towards like the style of music that we're good at and that like we like. Um, but mostly it's like it's not even about as much of our personal taste. It's really about there's an area that like we know the players and we feel like we can do a really good job with. Um, uh-huh. And what that is, is like it's kind of what I call like left of center pop, left of center hip hop, um, left of center like um you know r&b whatever um you know it's and when i say left to center i mean it's like it's not like straightforward it's not like um it's not like kind of a pop act singing and dancing you know what i mean it's kind of like uh it's a little bit more homegrown and you know kind of artists with their own unique perspective but ultimately they're making pop music you know they're okay. making melodies they're making pop music same thing with hip-hop you know what i mean it's like we're not typically going for super straightforward hip-hop like the migos or like or like straight up like Atlanta rap and like what's mainstream right now. Mm-hmm. We're kind of going for like what I call like more alternative hip hop. You know what I mean? Like hip hop that's a little bit like left of the center. And the same thing with R&B. Um, and then we also do a little bit of like kind of beat music. You know what I mean? Like beat music, lo-fi stuff. Like a lot of times there's these artists that do that are like kind of really niche and underground, but have great streams online. And there's not a lot of labels or like distributors that really service them. Uh-huh. So we- we like what they're doing musically. And a lot of times it's instrumental stuff. Um, you know, sometimes it could even be like, like it sounds funny, but like sleep music, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like beat, lo-fi, sleep music. 
and a lot uh-huh. of it works really well on the playlist and they, they need someone to really optimize their business so um so we dabble in that a little bit but i'd say really our core is left to center pop and hip-hop gotcha yeah gotcha, man. And, and so um I'm, who could you uh recommend to me man Put, turn me yeah. on to one of your artists man i'm a big i love hip-hop always loved hip-hop um really i really like uh you know hard beats good lyrics yeah. you know a, a good lyricist man yeah you know, i love a good yeah. lyricist who, who could you recommend to me uh, uh as part yeah. of your yeah for sure so i mean i think one album which uh which i'm really proud of um that we just put out is the theophilus london album what's which one i'm sorry it's called theophilus london okay um, it's called it's called baby um right. so there is some yeah there's some there's some it's it's a really um diverse kind of musical album um you know with 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 singing and and rap and i think really great lyricism and um just generally i think uh like an incredible diverse album but i think that you would love that one okay um, and uh there is there's this artist that I'm really excited about that we re- recently put out his album called uh, called Zach Villery. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I I like that one a lot. I'm super I'm super super excited about that. Um, what other albums? There's this this is less on the hip hop but more on kind of like the down tempo pop stuff. But I really think the vibe is is amazing. It's called Bear Cubs. Okay. And, um, and the album like- actually is coming out tonight. Um, really. Yeah, so it's, it's it's it'll be it'll be out um, nine nine p.m. So midnight East Coast. Officially, it's tomorrow, but that you know the releases for tomorrow come out at nine tonight. Um, right. So yeah, that that's really dope. I'll send you that one too. Um, where, where's that dropping, Carlo? Uh, where could one cop that if they wanted? Yeah, so uh, so pretty much everywhere on on all streaming platforms. So it's on Spotify, okay. Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, Sweet. everywhere. Yeah, if you want to, you know, if you just want to, if you don't have any of the Apple Music or Spotify, you could always catch it on our YouTube channel, um, on the independently popular YouTube. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, so, uh, but it is, uh, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a really, really dope album. I'm, I'm super proud of it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else is, uh, that's coming out right around now. Um, yeah, those are, those are a few that I'm really excited about, though. Absolutely, man. Also, like on the kind of pop tip, um, uh-huh. there's an artist called Mod Latour, who okay. we actually did a deal. We just closed the deal with like yesterday, and she put out a single that's uh, that's dropping tomorrow as well. Um, and I think I think that it's really interesting. She's a, she has a unique perspective, and I'm I'm excited about kind of what's happening with her uh, with her project. Very cool, Mod Latour. I, mm-hmm. I gotta check these guys out. Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. One more is no, she's no. been with. For a long time but we actually just got her out of her deal with uh with a major label and now she's on our label um named yuna who okay. is a singer songwriter pop artist um from malaysia who is uh kind of one of our marquee artists that we're really proud of um so she's definitely another one to check out on the label um it's kind of uh it's kind of soulful kind of left to center uh like like r&b um but it's but it's really dope very cool, man. Yeah, shout out to all your those artists you just mentioned, man. I, I definitely want to check them out, man. I'm very uh I'll send you a link to a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that'd be great, man. You sparked my interest for sure. And shame on me that I haven't uh asked you before, man. I've known yeah, you for several yeah, years now. No, it's all good. We're all busy. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some stuff to listen to. 
just let me know what you like. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, so you've been in the business for a good chunk of time now, right, Carla? Uh, about fifteen years now, maybe all 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 together. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I've like, um, I've like quote unquote worked in music. Like that's kind of like my whole life. You know, in the early days, I don't know, like if you, um, I wasn't getting paid very well for it, so I don't know if you call it working, but uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to work. You know, I mean, I was trying to. I've always hey, been, I've always wanted to do this. Um, good for you, man. When I first started, uh, you know, it took a little while to figure out, like, all right, how's this going to be a job? So obviously, I, so sometimes I'd be doing other things. You know, I'd be bartending or I'd be doing like other kind of side hustles while I was trying to figure it out. But all in all, you know, I mean, since I was like, you know, since I was 18, 19 is what I've been trying to do. And wow. then and then this actual business, which is like, um, you know, we've been doing for about 12 years. Wow, man. So so you paid your dues. You know, you, you, I mean, yeah, I was like, kind of I was a uh, I was out in the I was out in the field for a little while. You know, For sure, man. No, I hear you, man. Good. But good for you, man. You, you stuck it out, man. Hung, you know, hung on to your you know uh your dreams your goals you, you never let let sight of uh you know let them out of your sight and then here we are man you, you you got 20 projects you got and then you're signing artists and you're successful and uh so kudos to you brother you yeah know? thank you brother thank you i really appreciate that man for sure man for sure and so so like like i was saying though um i was gonna ask you carlo is you know, you've been in uh, for, I mean, a good chunk of time, man. You know music, you know the business, you know. Uh, so it kind of relates to the question I asked you about, you know, where, what, what the, the internet has done to, to music. But, like, compared to when you got in, you know, when you finally got in, you broke through and, you you know, you were a little bit more established. You know, from that time to now, I mean, how much has has the business changed, man? Just overall, man, or is it a drastic right. difference, or is it something just kind of subtle, or, or you, did you have you, you probably had to uh, imagine you had to kind of uh, adapt and evolve along with those changes and those, you know, you know, with with music, uh, with the industry changing, and or if it did at all, or yeah, what's no. your take on that? Yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, it's interesting because, like I said, when I first got into it, it was all about touring. Everything else you did was to get money touring. Now, you still did a lot of the same shit. Like, you know, it all it all boils down to the same stuff, right? You, like, <laughs> kind of take care of artists' needs. You get their music made. You help them make content. You help them build a fan base. So all that, you know, that's the, that never changes. Yeah. But, but then the business side of it changes a lot, right? So it's funny to think of when we started to today – when we started, it was all about touring. That's where all kind of the money came from. You did the, re the record deal to kind of promote your music so you'd get money from touring. And today, touring doesn't exist anymore, and I don't think it's going to happen for like another year. Um, oh. <laughs> if you talk about actually today now, um, and, and, you know, and nobody, and I'm not even sure, you know, we don't even know how the touring business is going to come back from this. Wow. You know? Um, that's going to happen. People are going to want to go to festivals, yeah. but nobody's exactly sure how, what's going to happen. And, you know, so billions of dollars got kind of, you know, swiped out from under people, um, in this industry. So, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful that we did make the pivot of like focusing on streaming and focusing on the label side of things. Cause mm -hmm. without that, we'd probably be out of business, Wow. Um, wow. you know, and it's still, it is tough financially, 
even because touring is still like the main revenue source for the management business. But we have this other side with the label, which kind of keeps everything afloat. Uh-huh. But yeah, you know, nobody nobody knows. It might be like another year before big like full scale touring is back. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it's funny just if you think about it like to today, and you ask how much it's changed. It's like it was all touring before, and now not only did it switch to like streaming is equal, you know, today there isn't even touring. So it's like, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess the kind of the lesson is it is important to like, you know, be diversified and to understand that things do change quickly. Yeah. It didn't matter. Like you didn't make any money from downloads, but the people that still like focused on building their label and their brand now have really successful record labels and you know touring which was all the money today doesn't exist now that that doesn't mean that it's not going to come back right it's probably come back with a vengeance next year but and people are going to be like have been pent up in their house for a long time oh yeah <laughs> for sure um, for sure but, yeah, no, but it's, cha- it's changed a lot man and it's and it's constantly changing and i think you know who knows what it's going to be like 10 years from now man maybe it's like maybe it's like you're only going to listen to like you're only going to go to virtual like concerts and you know, I hope who, knows, who knows how the kids are going to consume music? Mm, ten right. Definitely changed a lot in the last 10. I mean, 10 years ago, we were like, uh, you know, I was trying to discover artists on MySpace, you know? Uh, right. Oh, yeah. MySpace. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, uh, but, but it's fair to, I think it's, is it fair to say that uh, touring is, is still, uh, even though it's not one of the main, you know, um, well, it's still it's fair to say that it's still one of the it's, it can still be lucrative for an artist or touring. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know I still think it's where you where as a, as an artist, it's still where you make your most money. Mm. Um, you know, most artists. So now that most artists, there's some artists these days that don't do that well touring but do well streaming. Mm, uh, okay. Everything's different, but yeah. generally speaking, yeah, you're absolutely right. And tour is still where most of the money comes from. I see. But streaming is the real thing now, so it could be both. Right. So it kind of varies. It just depends on the artist, right? It, it, you know. it depends on the artist. Your, your standard big artist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. On the road. Well, they'll still make more money on the road these days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, so what are some of the challenges, Carlo, for you in your in your role uh, with your label and in, in, in the business what are some of those challenges, man, that you've encountered? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think the challenge is is um, is being able to evolve and be nimble and understand that like the business changes quickly and you can't be too stuck in your ways or one way of doing things because mm-hmm. uh, because things change, you know, and uh, things change and. Uh, um, you know, what an artist is looking for, what an artist expects, what the market is looking for, what they expect, how people operate, all those change quickly. You know what I mean? Like TikTok was barely a thing. Like, I don't even know if like nobody knew what it was 18 months ago. Now that's <laughs> the main way that kids are discovering music. It's like, that's how, that's how, that's like the kind of number one way to virally pop off a record on the internet. Wow. It didn't even exist 18 months ago. So you have to be aware that you have to constantly evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and the people that are looking at that stuff early and taking chances on things right when it's coming instead of being set in their ways you know they're getting paid for that they're they're reaping the benefits of like um of adapting quickly um so so that's a challenge you know another challenge is just uh when you're working with when you're working in business is that me or you oh my bad perfect you brother oh yeah so when when you're working in uh in business um you know Mm -hmm. um and you're working with creatives there's sometimes a push and pull there between business interest and the creative interest and i think that's like um you know that's our job it's not even like uh not even like it's a bad thing it's how it should be but it can be a challenge to figure out how to make those things reconcile right an artist wants to do what they want to do creatively and your job is to like is to make them money and build them a sustainable career and so you have to kind of figure out like how do you how do you find that balance and i think you know at the end of the day if you do a good job um the balance is uh is natural right it's like the artist that's most authentic and is making their best work is the one that's going to be sustainable and make the most money. But in the short term, it's a lot of times like hard decisions to make, like, right. Do you like go out on the road and make all this money this summer or do you stay home and make music? Right. If you stay home and make music, you're going to like feed the long term. But at the same time, like you got all these people, you have money on being offered right now. Mm-hmm. You know this is going to last forever. Are you going to turn down the money now to like build for the future when it might not be there in the future? But then if you're always out chasing money, you're not going to the music and it's going to be gone next year. So you have to, you have to always find that balance between, you know, between the present and the future um, and about between creativity and business. And, and that, that could be, that could be challenging, you know, for sure. Sometimes you, sometimes you butt heads with artists when you're trying to figure that out. Um, Cause you might like be like, um, you're acting crazy. You need to like, go get this money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you might be like, yo, you're acting crazy. You're trying to chase money and you need to focus on your career because that surprisingly happens more, more than the other one is they want to go get the money. They're like, like, fuck that. I don't need to be in the studio. I'm going like, to go get the money. And you have to say, hey, I've seen this happen a couple of times before. If you spend the next year chasing money, people are going to forget about you in two, three years. You're not going to be there because you didn't have an output of music and content. You know? Oh, wow. So yeah, like you said, it's it's a very... There's a fine line. There's a balance there, man. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, so, so on the flip side to that, Carlo, what are some of the, um, you know, the pleasures, the benefits uh, to your role, man? Some of the perks, uh, things that you enjoy uh, in your profession and your role? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy all of it. I mean, I just, I feel blessed to be able to do this. You know I mean, I like, I work with people that I really respect and care about and the people that I'd like to spend my time with both my business partners and like the members of our team and all of our clients. So I generally love it all. Um, I love the challenge. I love being able to work with creative people. I love being able to like, you know, feel like sometimes we can help creative people create like sustainable businesses. Cause that's, it can be hard. Um, so I, I enjoy it all. Probably if there's anything that I enjoy less, it's, you know, the kind of administrative side of running a business and of like kind of trying to keep the team on track and trying to like, you know, um, steer the ship, trying to steer the ship. And, um, and, you know, I, I do it cause I know how important it is. Um, but if I could like eventually hire someone to do that, 
I'd probably <laughs> be happy to do that. You know what I mean? Um, For sure. But really what I enjoy is kind of like coming up with new ideas and being able to implement them. And whether that's, whether that's how to grow the business or whether that's how to grow the artist's career or whether that's kind of developing a creative partnership or, or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I love it all. Um, I just great. feel like, uh, I just feel lucky that, um, you know, yeah. that, somehow, that somehow I get to do it. You know what I mean? Um, it- so, I try and I try and work hard and be be appreciative of the fact that that it's happening. You know? absolutely no, no, I, you're living the dream, Carlo. I mean, I, I admire that man. You're you're doing what you love to do. You like I said uh, earlier, you know, didn't quit, didn't never gave up. Um, and again, man, here we are. You know, good Thank for you, you bro. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, no, of course, man. You're welcome, man. Um, what are, what are some of your uh, your all-time uh, who are some of your all-time favorite musicians uh, artists yeah um i'm a big outcast fan so probably uh-huh. like i think i'd say that if i kind of think of like you know the group that is uh that i love the most and uh-huh. reminds me the most of like kind of my childhood i'd say it's outcast and outcast and the wu-tang oh you know? beautiful yeah, I mean, I think that if there's any two, if there's any kind of two groups that are just like, that's like that shit to me. There's obviously like a lot of, a lot of others, but like, um, I feel like that was kind of like the soundtrack to uh, to my youth, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, those are, yeah, those are definitely two uh, all-time greats, heavy yeah. hitters, man. Do you think you could use your connections and we can get Method Man on here? And we can talk about that later. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, know, you know what's funny is I actually got a... Um, the, that Theophilus record we got, uh-huh. that we did, um, I got a Ghostface feature on it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, you know, I tried. I'm trying to remember what happened. Um, Ghostface killer. Or, or is it Rake One? No, wait. Or was it Rake One? Tony Starks. No, it was Ghost. I tried to get Rizza. I couldn't get Rizza. Really? I tried, to, I tried to get Rake One. I couldn't get Rake One. But then I got Ghost. Oh wow, um, man! That's awesome, awesome, man. The song's actually called Wu Tang Flow because it's kind of like a hard song. It's kind of like inspired by the Wu, and uh, but yeah, listen to it. So that was that was a a, a pivotal career moment for me because I got to like at least do something. Yeah, to with uh, you know, kind of like my favorite my favorite band. Yeah. Did you meet uh, Ghostface? Did you get to meet him? I, did, I didn't. Everything these days, so much is just done through the internet, just like this, remotely. Uh, Talk to him. I, I sent his manager the record. He sent it back. I said, "All right, cool." I sent him some money. That was it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, but hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully someday, man. Hopefully yeah. Someday. Those are the there's you know most artists I'm not too starstruck about, but the ones from my childhood, like you know Andre 3000, the RZA, those type of guys. Those are the guys that I I'm still like a kid when I I'd be excited to meet them. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, you're a man after my own heart, bro. I mean, we're we're roughly the same age, so yeah. yeah I'm, 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 I love the '90s, man. All my, well, you know. Hence, I have a my my other podcast, '90s Galore. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, but we we've done we've profiled Outcast. We have an episode with Outcast, and uh, that's dope. I gotta listen to the Outcast episode. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate it. That that that's my early days, bro. That was like. Like last year, I, you know, believe it or not, I've been doing this for almost a year and a half now. But yeah, yeah. I did that Outcast episode. I think uh, when I was doing, I was uh, doing the podcast from my phone, and 
get uh, profiled outcast. Anyways, but yeah, those are man all time favorites. Yeah, of course, you know. But that's cool, man. It, it, uh, are you into R and B at all? Anything like that? Uh, yeah, no, I'm into R and B. Yeah, no, I love I love R and B. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like the old school shit, obviously. Like, uh, obviously, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, Mary J. Blige, D'Angelo, like all that type of, oh. you know, all of it. Man. You know, what I mean, I, I listen to all that shit and Jodeci. Yeah, all that stuff. You know what? There's actually a group that we just signed that is it's not straight up R and B, but there's some kind of soulful R and B um vibes it's called ocean o-s-h-u-n and um they're these two girls from new york who are kind of on like uh um they're like on like a kind of new school lauren hill type of vibe um oh okay you got to check them out they're really they're very creative and very interesting and uh oh, yeah. we're about to start releasing their music i'll i'll send you them it kind of awesome. reminds me of like uh of like shit from our era but they're like kind of a new school take on it they're young but okay. um, but uh but yeah it's really cool shout out to ocean yeah man i, I can't wait to check these guys out man i'm gonna check them all out you know, you know um, yeah man do you play any instruments carlo i don't man i don't i wish i did i always wished i did i used to um i used to play sax when i was young and i played a little piano or whatever but i never stuck with it um yeah. in, in in fact I, i'm trying to like i'm trying to pick up piano now and uh oh, okay I, I love music but i never got good at playing it yeah yeah. yeah, man. I, I regret it. I, I played trombone in fifth and sixth grade and regret it, man. I was always into sports, but still, yeah. I, I, if I could go back in time, I'd, I'd stick it out, you know, and and, and play the and keep playing the trombone, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to make Nico learn just and like if he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to play. But I kind of wish like, you know, someone would have told me just learn this because then you'll have that when you're grown up because I was, you know, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had that now. Hey, and by the way, Nico should be modeling, man. That kid is a. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, he got, he's got a good. He's got a good chin, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. And he's he does a lot of the uh, sweeter than pan dulce uh, photos, right? A lot of the uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ads. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, hey, Carlo, man, what what's the future for uh, independently popular? And I mean, where, where do you see things going in the next, you know? five years bro yeah i mean i think that i think that you know the last 10 years we were kind of just learning um and i feel like we kind of now we're set up to grow i don't think i think before it sounds funny because 10 years seems like a long time but we weren't even like focused on growing we were kind of learning as we went um mm -hmm. but we would just kind of work with artists that were around us and we'd get a new opportunity and we'd get a new opportunity but we never really put it out there to the world you know what i mean we were we were never selling you know, we were never trying to go and sell it. Um, and I feel like now we got to the point where we're confident enough in what we do mm. that we can go and sell it. So that's like what's exciting is I think over the next, over the last year, we've kind of realized that. And I think over the next five years, you know, we're trying to make it a lot bigger um, mm. and a lot better and a lot more kind of organized of a business. And I think it's really just because, you know, we learned you know, what works, what doesn't. For and sure. We're confident in our ability to do that now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of almost like, like we went to school by doing this for a long time. Gotcha. And, and I feel like uh, um, it made us mature enough that now we know what we want. Before we were just kind of out there hustling. And a lot of it worked. And I think we did good work for people because like, 
you know, because we we work hard and we hustled, but I think we didn't know exactly what we wanted. Um, oh. I think now that we know what we want, I think the next five, 10 years, we can really focus on that and create a brand that's more about our brand um, and create some uh, a business that's kind of much bigger and and focus on 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 growth. Uh, think, focus on growing while still like continuing to serve the clients as if like as if that we weren't growing you know okay. I mean? servicing the clients like there's only one of them but being able to like uh to really grow and doing that by like having a great system and a great team and all that type of stuff but yeah man i just want i think that what i really want to do is over the next five years is become the destination for like this certain category of artists which like i said is like you know the, the artist middle class the artist that's like making money that has a sustainable career that's making right. music that uh may or may not want to become a superstar but is in this place where i feel like they're being slightly underserviced by the industry and mm. i think we can really help them grow into being entrepreneurs and use what we've learned by like you know being business owners ourselves and help teach these these young creative people to be business owners and that's kind of what i'm passionate about and like what what i think our focus is over the next five years I can't wait to see what happens, brother. Yeah, you know, thank you, bro. Of course, man. Man, this this has been a really, really educational uh, experience for myself, Carlo, because, uh, you know, I've always, like I said, man, I've always had an appreciation for the record business and never knew exactly, you know, how it worked. I, I, you know, I don't know anything about the record business. And you know, you've provided a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge into, um, you know, behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate that. You know, um, I, I wish you nothing, nothing but the best man in, in your, in your, in your endeavor, in your company, man. And, uh, I know if I'm a betting man, you know, my money's on you, brother. Uh, thank you so much, brother. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was really great to talk with you. I'll do it. I'm, I'm down to do it anytime, bro. Yeah. You're, oh, of course, man. We got to do it again. You're always welcome. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being a happy birthday once again. My best to the family, and uh, yeah, man, have a great rest of the day, brother. Okay, likewise, brother. Thank you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, thank you, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard a Carlo Fox, co-founder of Independently Popular Records, uh, as well as his management company, Indie Pop. Check him out. Carlo, by the way, man, where, where can the good people find you, man? Where can they Go ahead and plug... Uh, Social media, websites, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so on Instagram, we're independently popular, or you could go to indie-pop.com. There it is. There it is, man. And so you heard the man. You heard him. Go, go check him out. Uh, I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna go check out those artists, man. He really piqued my interest. And as for myself, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this recording of the Profile Pod TV. It's been an awesome episode. I've learned so much. A lot of fun, man. This is this is really enjoyable. I really love what I do. Uh, hopefully, I can get to Carlos' level in the future, and uh, you know, make a living doing this. So, this is uh, my goal and my aspirations. But uh, in the meantime, again, thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, Profile Pod TV on YouTube. You can uh, check that out. Go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe to the '90s Galore podcast uh, on Apple Podcast. Drop us a review. Give us five stars, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, at ProfilePodTV. And do not forget, especially, 
you want to come on the show, let us profile you. Let come on and co-host, just like you saw Carlo right now. Uh, come on and talk about your business, your endeavor, whatever you got going on, and and let, let's let's get you some uh, promotion. Let's get some more eyeballs on on your product, on your service, on your uh, whatever you got going on. So, looking forward to hearing from you guys. Hit me up on Instagram. Drop me a line there. Uh, direct message me. So, uh, as for myself, thank you so much. Uh, hope to see you guys next week on another episode of Profile Pod TV for Carlo Fox. Once again, thank you, brother. I am Andy Anatomical, and always remember to take it easy.